I got to go to doctor. Yes, they work. Okay, you have surgery on your knees, okay? And now you're on your knees, right? Like camel knees, like James, right? Pray, right? Let's say camel knees. Okay, well, okay. Uh, Elephant knees? <laughs> Whatever. You know what I mean? You need titanium. 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 Right, there you go. Titanium. So, so you're on your knees praying, and it's working for you. Well, there's room for improvement. <laughs> so, tell me, like, for instance, share about your wonderful Sophie. Oh, Sophie. Okay, I have a you guys. You've been praying for my little Sophie, who has a number of little challenges going on. She got baptized this week. And she can't, you know, she couldn't memorize a Bible verse beforehand, and they didn't have them say it anyway, but I said, what do you want to tell people? And she goes, I want to tell people that I love God, and I want the whole world to know it. Which is great. She is eight. She's eight. But, um, you know, I've been on my knees for her, and um, so has everybody else, and that's a good thing. That's a good thing. You know, I mean, it's, and it's funny because I read Charles Stanley every morning. I know you love him for my devotional. And he was talking this morning. If you love Charles Stanley, intouch.org. He had a devotional about prayer yesterday, and it was about just taking things and leaving them at God's feet, you know, and improving our prayer life. So, um, and it works together. You can either leave him at his feet or put him in his backpack. <coughs> you know, I mean, you know, I mean, those are the analogies that I always. It's like, okay, Lord, here you go. You know, but you know, I usually get burdened, you know, because I'm carrying that um, in my backpack, and so then I just take them out, and literally, I'll go, here you go. It was absolutely given to him. I'll say, here you go. You're taking this. You're taking this. You're taking this. You're taking fear. You're taking, you know, whatever it is. And putting it right in your backpack, and he's like, "Well, it's about time, Marco. I didn't do that for you to carry it, you know." And so, and that's you know, that's part of our prayer. So, as we are learning in James five how to pray, today we're going to learn about when to pray. Okay, now, you know, obviously James mentions five different times that we need to pray, but he's talking about we we need to pray unceasingly, like in First Thessalonians uh, says. So, I need two more people to tell me how their prayer life is working for them. You know, they can see just, you know, okay, I'll, I'll give an example. Just very simple. It doesn't have to be a huge situation. Like, our, you know, like we look at it and think, oh, man, that's, that's, that's tough. She's walking through this with her child, okay? So, for those of you who are Facebook bar, you heard the story, but uh, I was out uh, shoveling our driveway, and I was shoveling, like, we have a rapid big driveway. It's like a horseshoe driveway, and I thought, oh, I'll just shovel it. You know, because they didn't get to the Y, so it's good exercise. So I just show, so pick the collies out, and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna get this puppy done like in an hour and a half. And I just crank it, crank it, crank it. And with, you know, when the collies are down by the lake, they can line do whatever they want. When they're up in the front, they obviously can't. And a guy comes along with a husky and starts walking towards our, our property on the other end of the horseshoe. And I just, and I see the collies. The collies are like, oh, dog, oh, dog, oh, dog. Okay, now I go, Sir, if you could just wait for one second, you know, uh, with your dog, and I'll just crowd the dogs, make sure they don't bark or whatever kind of thing. And he looks at me and he goes, this is a public street, lady. I'll do whatever I want. And I'm like, ah, well, I just wanted to make sure that my dogs didn't come up to your dogs, which is a typical thing to do if you're in a dog park or whatever. And I'm trying, you know, and I'm I'm sharing. And and he goes, uh, and, and Brooke stays right with me, and Sadie, uh, goes up and starts barking. You know, like 
like a colleague would do along a, next to the school bus, you know, hurting, hurting, yeah. right? Yeah. So she goes up and grabs his, you know, I mean, this guy must really love his husky, and it's like a six-month-old husky, and he grabs him and he goes, is that your dog? I said, well, yes, sir, I, I just shared that, you know, I'd like if you, and he goes, well, it's a public street, she should, I said, I know, I, I know she's not, I'd like to be able to get her. That's why I asked, you know, if you just, and this all went on with for like perhaps two minutes, and, and I said, uh, and I said, uh, her name's Sadie, if you could just grab her for me. I will not. And like, well, okay. Uh, and, and he said, I said, well, you know what, if I was going by your home, I would just wait so I we wouldn't have this situation. And he goes, I have better control of my dog than you of yours. And I went, oh, well, you probably do. These dogs are rescued and probably do. By that time, Sadie comes walking back, and I just say, have a nice day. Now, all that time, I tell you that story, I was praying. You see, that I was praying, and I, the first thing I do is I start going, okay, Lord, you know what? I know that I know that this guy must have something bigger on his mind, because he can't be that upset about dogs, okay? I know that I know, that, and I know that you love him as much as you love me. This is very hard for me to understand, really, because he's really quite the jerk. Okay, but, you know, you know and, and you need to be honest with the Lord, right? You need to just tell him, right? And and I know that he you died for him, and I need to act, you know, accordingly in this sense. Because if I wasn't praying unceasingly like that, what would my response be? Uh-oh. I don't right? know. Well, what, you know what? You could, your ass, you know what? Your ass, if the light bumps into you, it's what's inside already. It spills out, okay? And so, you know, when somebody comes on, you know, the offensive at you, you want to do what? You, your humanness wants to go on the defensive, or you want to go back on the offensive to them. And so, I'm not kidding. I And he just went grumbling and everything, and... And so I took the dogs and I whispered in their ears. He said, "Keep praying, puppies. Keep praying." Bring the colors like, "Ooh, keep praying." Plus, he's got a husky. He doesn't look very nice, you know. But, I, but that's 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 a very simple, you know, because life is going to come at you. This is a very simple illustration of how immediately I went to prayer. It's like, okay, you know, and it doesn't mean I'm like, "Oh God," you know. You, you don't get ready for prayer. It's just immediate, you know, Lord. You know, this person is this, and let me be Jesus to him. I don't know what his life is, and this and that, and thank you that, you know, the husky didn't bite my dog, or whatever it was. You know, it, it's just that it's just that communion, that communication with your Heavenly Father. And you know what? He loves that. He loves no matter if it's the teeniest little thing that you think it is, or if it's the biggest thing. He loves, we are made for fellowship. We are made for relationship with him. That's why he made us. For fellowship, he didn't have to make the human race. He made us for fellowship, for a love relationship through Jesus Christ, his son. We have access to him. And that is how we are to continue walking until we see him face to face. I was able to share with him and see what it does is now your prayer life is encouraging the next person. Okay? Because you didn't fall off the deep end. See, that was made for relationship. All right? So, all right, open up the chains. We're going to find out when we pray, okay? So James, we're, we're sitting in this last portion of James 5, uh, 13 to the end. Is anyone of you in trouble? You should pray. Is anyone happy? Let him sing songs of praise. Is anyone of you sick? You should call the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise him up. 
If he has sinned, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man is what? Powerful and what? Effective. Okay, key word there is righteous. The prayer of a righteous man. And plus, guess what? You need to pray. <laughs> There's a key, right? You need to actually pray. It says the prayer of a righteous man, okay, is powerful and effective. Oh, plus we're going to learn all about Elijah. We're doing a side study on Elijah. Elijah was a man just like what? Us. Just like us. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again, he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. My brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring him back, remember this, whoever turns a sinner from the error of his way will save him from death and cover over what? Multitude of sins. Cover over a multitude of sins, okay? So we are now turning to um, what James is saying is when we should pray, okay? So what's the first one that he says when we should pray? It says we should pray when we're what? In trouble. In trouble. Okay, in trouble. We should pray now. You know what? I don't think that's a tough one. Do you? <laughs> I mean, do you? I mean, you guys, there are no atheists in foxholes, right? There's no atheists in foxholes. It's like, oh, I hope there is a God. Right? I mean, it's like, get me out of this. I, I don't think that that is a problem. I love that he puts that first because it's pretty important. Okay? You need to pray, you know, when we're distressed. Okay? And I think most of us run to that, don't we? Right? When we're distressed, okay? So, so the word trouble or suffering in the Greek, you know, means distressed. Okay? It means distress, okay? And it means basically those times where we feel great anxiety. Anybody feel great anxiety? Okay? I mean, great anxiety, okay? About something going on in life, okay? Remember, life happens. When life just comes alongside and hits you upside the head, right? It's what's inside already that spills out, okay? So, if you check what you're putting inside of you, right? So, maybe, you know, life is hitting you upside down with financial needs right now, okay? Or maybe life's hitting you upside down with um, a situation with medical problems, okay? Or maybe, you know, life is, you know, hitting you upside down because you, you can't, you know, there's a relational conflict. You and your husband, you and your daughter, you and whoever. Okay? Or you, know, you come to a point where, you know what, you just can't pay your bills. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff, okay? Um, stuff that is breaking your heart, okay? And, and it, it leads you to distress. It leads you to anxiety, okay? And we, we have this fear-inducing, you know, because this is part of being a human being. It's a fear-inducing anxiety that comes about. It's a fear-inducing difficulty that you're in, okay? And James says, pray. Don't pray last. Don't pray second to last. Pray. You're in distress, pray. It's not like, don't, you know, don't try to human reason everything out there first. Pray. Because guess what? God sees the end from the beginning and the beginning from the end. He sees the great big picture. And we see this little tiny snapshot. Just like our horses when we have a the blinders on them, right? It's a they walk straight forward, right? So they're not spooked around. Okay? But God sees the great big picture. This is so great. Great to him, okay? And so James is saying uh, that when we're in distress, when we're in distress, when we are distressed, okay, when we're bringing our hands in panic. 
okay? Um, because we, we, we don't know where to turn, we don't know what we should do. We need to pray. That's the first thing that we should do, okay, is to pray, okay? In other words, Jesus is saying, don't go through this alone. Don't buck up yourself and go, oh, I got this one. Yeah, I got, I got this. You know, well, I'm good. You know, you guys, we're not made like that. We're dependent creatures, okay? We're not independent. We are dependent on the one who made us for relationship, for a love relationship, for fellowship, for each other in the body of Christ. Don't do this alone. That's not what, what he made us for. You know, don't get discouraged. Don't get defeated. Don't keep walking through this. Instead, talk to God about it. Hey, you know what, Lord? Whoa, this is overwhelming to me right now. Whoa, you know, I mean, I, I haven't ever been through this before. I mean, I, Lord, you know, I have. I have, he says. Thank you. I'll take you through. Walk with me. Come on, hold on to my hand. Come on, let's go. Trust me. Let's go. I'll take you through and watch how you're going to change as I walk you through this. See, it's always about being conformed to the likeness of his son, right? And it's for our good and for his glory that everything happens in our life. And so when you're distressed, we're to ask for his perspective. His perspective, not our perspective. Our perspective is going to get us in trouble. Human reasoning will always get you in trouble, but not his perspective. You ask for his perspective. His help, right? Put it in his backpack, lay it at his feet, and say, okay, here it is. And that's what Paul was talking about, like Lisa was saying, about giving thanks in Philippians 4, okay, 6 through 9, and I'll read it to you, okay? It says, don't be anxious about what? Anything. Okay, did you hear that word? Anything. Okay, most of us go, don't be anxious about, well, this. Okay, I can probably handle this. Well, this. Okay, I can go through this. Not this, though. Oh, whoa. Right? He's like, no, 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 no. See, anything is anything. Anything means anything. Don't be anxious in what? Anything. In anything, okay? Because he says, um, but in what? Everything. Okay? That's what to be anxious about anything, but in everything, okay? That everything means Everything, okay, but in everything by what? Prayer. Prayer and what? Petition or supplication, whatever, whichever translation you're in, okay, okay. Prayer and petition, what are you supposed to do? No, with what? Thanksgiving. Okay, good. With Thanksgiving, okay, then we present your what? Request. Request to God. That's just prayer, isn't it? That's prayer. That's just the communication, okay, to God, okay, and then what happens as you do it? And the what? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And the peace of God, which transcends all human reasoning, all human understanding, what will that do? Guard your hearts and minds. Guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. You guys, memorize that verse. Finally, brethren, this is 8 and 9. Finally, brethren, whatever is true. That's right. This is by Jesus' name. That's right. Whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things, or think on these things. The things you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. The God of peace. Okay, so so as you are, thank you, Lisa, as you are not being anxious, and as you are in everything praying and petitioning, 
before him with thanksgiving, presenting your requests to God the Father, okay? You're doing this with a believing heart, with a trusting heart, that you know that you know that he will answer, right? For our good and for what? His glory, right? Okay, and as you continue to pray, then what happens is you're not anxious anymore because he promises that the peace of God, which transcends all human understanding, all that anxiety stuff, okay, is it, you know, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Okay, what a way to walk through this earth. I mean, what a promise. What an absolute promise to walk through this earth. And then in, in Philippians, I forgot, 4 8, and that's our Jesus screen at home. It's anything needs to go through that first before we'll watch it or before we'll listen to it. And, and it says, Philippians 4 8, think on these things. Things that are right, true, noble, excellent, praiseworthy, think on these things. Right? And that's that's our Jesus screen. Is this this fit this? Okay. Then we'll watch it. Doesn't it? We're not putting it in our head. Okay. That is, con- is continually happening having the relationship that God called you to, even when you're in distress, okay? And so we have to remember that Jesus set an example for us in this. He set an example for us, okay? When when he was in distress, remember, Jesus was in distress, right? All human, all God, walking this earth. And he was in distress. When he was anxious, he set an example for us. What did he do? He prayed. He prayed. He prayed. He prayed morning, he prayed noon, he prayed night, he got away to pray, he prayed, he prayed, he prayed, he prayed, okay? And um, I was studying this, and the Bible records the fact on the night of his arrest, on the night of his arrest, I think he was a little anxious, because he is, remember, he is omniscient. Okay, you forget, he's all-knowing, so he knows exactly what's going on at all times, before it happens, okay? So, on the night of his arrest, in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus said he was overwhelmed with overwhelmed. Okay, are you getting this? Jesus, our Savior, was overwhelmed with sorrow. Overwhelmed with sorrow. Even to the point of what? Even to the point of death. That's Matthew 26, 37. Overwhelmed with sorrow. Even to the point of death. And in essence, Jesus told God his Father, you know, it brings me great anxiety to think of what's ahead, God. If there's any other way, remember, let this cup pass from me. If there's any other way, let this go into the cross cup pass from me. Overwhelmed with so. And you know, if you have ever felt that way, and I know all of us have it, where you're just scared to death, so anxious that you just can't get through some specific trial that you're going through. Then there's always an incredible example of following Jesus and what he went through because our God is able. He is able. He is sovereignly able to respond to those things that are that are causing us incredible anxiety, that are causing us fear. And he is at the ready for us. No, no matter how big it is, no matter how scary it is, no matter what it is, he is always at the ready to respond to us. Just like he does with Jesus walking on earth, going to the cross. Going to the cross, okay? So, let's put it this way. If he can, which he has, 
created the planets, created the stars, you know, flung it into the you know universe. I mean, he has he has made galaxies. Okay, he's you know. He didn't have a problem stilling a storm. He didn't have a problem raising people from the dead. You know, if resurrecting Jesus wasn't a problem for God the Father, you know, from the cross, from the dead, okay, then you know what? Any problem that comes along in our life, it's not too big for him. It's not too big for him. And the reason we're going through problems in life is because, what does he say? In this world, you what? We'll have trouble. You'll have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world, right? So therefore, if we're in Christ, we too are what? Overcomers. We're overcomers if you want. One thing I want to go back to is when you were talking about how some things we think, oh, i got to handle on this. Um, When I pray, I pray giving thanks that nothing's too big or too small for him. I was reminding my kids yesterday that if it's big enough to worry about it's big enough to pray about Absolutely. and for me it would have been something like big deal but to them it was I forget what they were getting Absolutely. worked up about but oh, absolutely it you know but as you this this takes this takes training yourself this takes mm-hmm. you know filling yourself filling yourself that you know this that you need to pray 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 okay when you're in distress okay and and it doesn't matter if it's a overwhelmingly, that's what, how we started. It's like, well, that's a no-brainer. I mean, most of us do that. But that's usually when it's already overwhelmed us. Okay? It's when we're in distress. Okay? We, we're walking through a, a, a suffering kind of a troubled time. You know what? You continue to offer that up to the Lord. Okay? Not when you are to the point where you just can't take it anymore. It's in the beginning. That you pray, okay? So when it looks like everything's against you, okay, when you're, you know, you're terrified because it looks like you can't possibly win, okay, when it looks like, you know, it's the end and you're about to be overwhelmed, okay, we need to remember that prayer actually changes things. Remember that little plaque, prayer changes things? Guess what? Prayer changes things. When we work, when we pray, God works. And when we work, we work. Oswald Chambers, prayer is the work. Prayer is the work. Prayer is the dynamic that puts God's hand in motion. He'll move the mountains for you. It puts his hand in motion. Prayer changes things. You know why? Because prayer releases God's power. Releases God's power in your life, okay? And so the power may come in the form of wisdom that he gives to you. Right? Ask of these things. Ask of wisdom. Maybe come in the form of wisdom to you. You know, like an idea that you desperately needed, that you couldn't come up with by yourself. Okay? And so he, he will give you, you know, what you need at that moment. Okay? It may come in the form of courage. You know, it might, may come in, uh, what does Joe Briscoe call courage? Faith that said its prayers? Is that it? Yeah. Faith, faith that said its prayers. Okay? Courage. And it may come in the form of courage, okay? Greater than you can muster on your own, all right? Just this incredible courage, okay? Or in the form of this calm peace, that peace of God. You know, there, there's peace from God, and there's peace of God, okay? And that's that inner peace that you know that you know that you know, okay? Even in the midst of your panic, okay? So, I don't know about you, but, but I'm assuming that every one of us in here hate 
fear in panic, don't we? I mean, it's not one of the things that you're saying, oh man, I just, I wish I had more fear. Right? I just, I just, you know, I wish I just could panic more over this, right? I mean, we, we just hate fear and panic, okay? Because there's never a, like, easy button that you could just push, right? The big easy button, push, and it'll go away. It doesn't do that, right? And, and so, we, we hate fear and panic, okay? Because it's an enemy that you cannot put your hands around. It's an enemy, it's like fighting a shadow, right? It's like fighting a shadow, you can't ever put your hands around it. And so, um, I have learned, and, 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 have, and have learned not to learn this way anymore. Have you guys ever gotten to the point? Where you've learned the hard way, and now it's like I want to just learn the easy way. Where you know I want to, I want to hear when you whisper. I don't want to hear after all the time when you shout. I'm, I'm like, okay, I'm just like, oh, they're ready. Okay, all right. So you know, I've learned the hard way that God can put His powerful hands on my view and squelch it. I have learned that God can put His powerful hands on my panic and squelch it. I have learned that, you know, no matter what it is, that elusive anxiety stuff, that God is way bigger than what I'm going through. He's way, way bigger than what I'm going through. Do you guys remember uh, one of the stories in the Old Testament? We're not going to look it up uh, because of time, but I'll just share the story quickly, okay? Um, when the Israelites were fighting against the armies. They were always fighting against the ites, right? Israelites were always fighting against the Hittites, the Jebusites, the ites. I mean, every ite possible you know, were after the Israelites, right? I mean, let's get the Hebrew people. You know I mean? They're always going over a little... I mean, has anything changed? No. no. You know, little tiny Israel, you know, let's get it. Let's get it, right? And so um, they were fighting against, you know, the armies of their enemies, okay, the Israelites were, and Big Mo. It's a love him. Carly went to talk to him. Moses, right? Big Moses, okay? He, he goes up on the hill, remember this, overlooking the battlefield, to do what? To pray, right? He's not sitting there going, hmm, battalion one isn't shooting battalion two. Oh, those horses should be over there. He didn't do any of that. He goes up on the battlefield, on the mountain, to overlook the battlefield, to pray. See, when we pray, God works. When we work, we work. Okay, so he goes up there, and the Bible says that as long as Moses had his arms, what? Lifted up, right? Lifted up, praying, trusting, believing that what you're doing, God, I believe, and that you know, we will continue walking through this, uh, this, this enemy time, okay? And what happened is when Moses' hands were up in the air, the Israelites prevailed in winning. Did you remember this? They prevailed in the end. What happened when Big Mo got tired? Oh. They were oh. losing. They were losing. They were losing. So Moses, wonderfully, uh, had two of his friends. See? Body Christ. Come and hold his hands up. And help him hold up both of his hands. So that they could continue to pray and say, Lord, I know that we know this is what you have for us. And we are giving this over to you. It's impossible any other way. And we don't want to do it any other way. You know, we're outnumbered. We're out everything. We're out this, but not not you. Yeah. And so we're giving it all to you. We know that you've already done this in the half least, and we're giving it to you. And so what happened is they continued to pray, okay? Um, when the day was done, who was victorious? 
The Israelites. The Hebrew people. The Israelites were victorious, okay? And I have found it that way in my life as well. Haven't you? I find it that way in my life as well, okay? When I walk around with my hands in my pockets, okay, and all focused on, you know, my, you know, self, and when I'm prayerless, and when I'm like, you know, gritching and everything, I am telling you that in the midst of my panic, I lose the battle. I lose the battle. Oh, I haven't lost the war yet, but I lose that battle. I lose that battle when we are self, you know, when we're, when we're prayerless and self-focused. Doing the sort of poor, pitiful me kind of party. But when I pray, when I pray and I lift my problems to God, I lift my hands to God, and I'm telling you, I many a times, I, even when I'm walking the dogs or whatever, and they, the kids all know this, all of a sudden, they're like, oh, mom's praying, because I'll have my hands lifted or whatever, and, and I'll talk with them as well, but it, you know, it, and it's so sweet, because they'll know that I'm, I'm dependent on you. you know, it's a sign, when you lift your hands, you guys, you're not weird, okay? I mean, it was a sign all through, all through the Old Testament, all through the New, that what you're doing is, I'm dependent on you. I am dependent on you. I mean, I, as an independent creature, cannot make it through this world. But I am dependent on you. You receive all the honor, all the glory, you know, everything, from now until I see you face to face. Kingdom come. It's just an attitude of giving it over to him. And so when I, when I am praying, I lift my problems to God, guess what happens? I win. I win. I win. You know why? Because I let him win. I'm letting him win, okay? And together, what happens is he, through me, defeats that fear. He, through me, defeats that anxiousness. He, through me, defeats the distress. <clears throat> because he's the one doing it, and I'm giving it over to him, okay? And, you know, I think what happens is, is that when we allow ourselves to continue to walk in that distress or that trouble or that suffering, and we haven't we haven't recognized that God is the God of all, the God who is enough, you know, the, the God who is our provider, uh, the God who is our shepherd, he's our savior, he's everything to us. When we haven't recognized that, what happens is it becomes like a bigger nightmare to us. And then, and then, it, and then at that point, we have so gotten ourselves in a, in a quagmire of that, that one of the last things we think of doing is praying. We go to this person, we go to that person, we go to this person, have you heard this, this, and we rally our troops. We rally the troops. And meanwhile, he goes, uh, Mark, oh, Margo, look up, look up, Janet, honey. I think too, like in my situation, um, I feel like for so long I focused on what I, like, like I was fearful, so I kept praying that like, help me not to be fearful. Help me not to be fearful. Help me not to be anxious. But it's coming to the point of realizing that he inside of me is the complete fullness of everything that I need. Yeah. And if I don't need to pray that I wouldn't be fearful. I need to grasp that he's inside. He's living inside of me, and I need to live out of the fullness, fullness. Absolutely. of what's there already. Absolutely. Um, so it's helped me to not feel like I, I need, oh, my goodness, oh, my goodness, please help me, and more just... Well, let it flow out. That's right. Does, does that make sense? I do. Well, what you're doing is you're taking, correct me if I'm wrong, okay, but you're taking your personal nightmare, okay? <laughs> right? 
yeah. personal nightmare, okay? And you're looking at it from God's all-powerful perspective. Yeah, if the same, if, if, if greater is he that is in me that's right. than he that's in the world, and if the Jesus that died on the cross and all power and authority that's lives right. inside of me, right. then I don't necessarily need to ask not to be fearful. Right. I need to recognize who's living inside of me right. and live out of the fullness of what's there. Because you're looking at Instead it. Instead of um, constantly feeling like I'm deficient and I'm deficient and I'm needing that's and right. supply this and help me. Because you're looking at it from his perspective and you're trusting because he's in you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Janet. Absolutely. And that, I mean, that no matter, you know, if you're walking in you know, what Janet has right now or whatever it is, it doesn't make any difference because all of us are facing giants. Right? Ask yourself, I mean, right now, not out loud, but what giants are you facing right now? And you guys, it doesn't have to be anything that's outward either. It could be something giant inside of you that you're not trusting, or that you're just worried about, or that you know, you know, you, that you have, you know, inordinate fear of, of something that you know, isn't going to happen. Do you know what I'm saying? I mean, it doesn't have to be something that you're you're outwardly going through, but but we're all facing giants. And in our, in our prayer, in our, in our communication with God the Father, okay, our eyes are opened and then our fears are dispelled. They, they are absolutely, as, as we begin to see that God's infinitely bigger than the giant. And that's what you're saying. <laughs> I think along with getting down on your knees, I think your point you made is we need to look up. We don't look up. Mm-hmm. I heard a sermon from a young young man in church saying, our whole world is looking down. We look at our blackberries, we look at our daytimers, we look at our laptops, we look at our, you know, it's looking down, and when we look down, our world is this. And he said, um, I, and I looked at my paychecks, and I looked at all of this, and he said, and all of a sudden a friend challenged me to look up. Not only look up at others, but look up further. And, you know, maybe if we physically get down on our knees and look up, it's, it's training ourselves. Absolutely. Well, where, is my, where does my help come from, yeah. right? You look up. You know, the mountains, my help comes from the Lord, maker of heavens and earth, right? You look up. You continue to look up. I, I really believe, um, um, one of the reasons that I love Fort Wilderness so much, and I, I, I will continue uh, until I see Jesus face to face as long as he allows me to, to go there. Because what you do is you look up. You know, there, there's no texting, there's no, you know, there's nothing going on. It's just you in God's creation with the body of, of Christ, believers, okay? And and that's what our, you know, retreat is about, which is next October, 14th or 16th. Uh, Fort Wilderness is a, is a Christian adventure camp. It's located up in McNaughton, Wisconsin, uh, by Rhinelander. And every year, we are fifth annual uh, BSL retreat. Uh, uh, we have about 125 to 150. David Koff will be our, uh, um, our worship leader this next year and with a uh, worship team. And every year we go there for family camp. Uh, and, and I'm telling you, the kids, everyone, it, you, are, you are in creation. You are absolutely in creation. You are without all of the immediates of life. And you are in creation, and you are safe, and you know everything that they do leads you to look up. Everything, you know, through um, the speaker, 
through you know, the kids' programs, through riding the horses, through canoeing, through kayaking, whatever it is, tubing. I mean, it's just, it, it allows you to look up. And, and I am, I know even myself that I have to be very, very careful to master the incredible, wonderful technology that we've been given. Otherwise, that technology is going to master you. It will master you. And what happens is, is now, you know, you have become, become very, you know, immediate and need to get this done, this, 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 and you're missing, you're missing what God's doing in the heavenlies for you, okay? And you're missing out on that. And I, and I know, um, I totally agree with that pastor, is, is it's becoming all of that. In fact, uh, at our home, uh, Jill and Stuart taught me this, that when their grandkids come over, all their cell phones have to go in a basket, and that they're able to have wonderful times. And if you don't want to put it in the basket, bye, they want to see you later. And so I initiated that. All the high school kids love to come over, and I love that the high school kids come over, the teens. So here's the basket, and so now it's all over Lake Country Lutheran High School. Oh, you know, you go to Marcos, I'll miss a piece of all through you the basket. It's great! It's great! We're like hanging on the in the hot tub, and we're doing this, and we get to share our heart with her, and you know, we have bonfires, and you know, she makes really good salmon. And, yeah, I mean, I'm telling you, you just say, here, here's the basket. Because you know what happens? All these kids are like this. They're all together. And they're all like this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and you're making sure that the boy, you know, it's girls' night. Meanwhile, all the boyfriends are talking to the girls. Texting. It's like, no, no, no. no. Girls' night means there are six girls in here, and it's going to be girls' night. That's what that means. And guess what? Here's the basket. And so it's so sweet. They know they're coming in. And in the beginning, I'd give them like a chocolate bar. Or I'd find out what they like, you know, and I'd give them that. I'd exchange it. Like, good job. You know, you know, <laughs> and they would sort of like... I'm not going to look at anything. I'm not going to steal the basket right here for you and everything. I am telling you, they're now asking, what's girls like? What is girls like? Because you know what? They they don't have any pressure. There, there isn't anything other than just sharing. You're just being girls together. You're just being silly and watching a movie or whatever. And then we have a time that's called, how's your heart? What's on your heart? And then someone it, it, inevitably will say to me, well, this is what's going on. And then we'll pour into each other. It's not like a, like, sit down, we're having a devotion, but that's what happens. That's what happens we're really So now every, probably every, probably every seven, eight days, now it's girls' night at our home. And it's just so sweet. But you know what? It's because, it's because they're looking up. It's because we're able to say, okay, this is what we're going to be doing. I pray with them. I come alongside them. You know, even if they don't want to pray, I say, nope, you know, I'm going to pray with you right now. That's, that is, you know, we need to be, we need to be such a instrument that God can use, no matter where it is. You know, don't just think, oh, the girls are coming, the kids are coming over, or whatever kind of thing. It's like, Lord, use us some way, right? Pray on that. Use us some way when these kids are over here. You know what? Let somebody say something so that they can be used. I mean, I'm always visible. I mean, we don't have a lower level. We have a tri-level house in and outside. And, and so, I mean, everything you do in our house is right out in the open. Okay? And so, we are right there. You know, and so, I'm always walking through or asking questions or we're doing something or making them 
their favorite foods or kind of stuff because you know what? These kids need to be poured into. They need to be poured into. They need to see how other you are. They need to see how other you are. And you know, and and how and then when you walk into the school, then all these kids are like, hey, Mr. Jesus, go make lunch with me. Hey, good. I mean, because all of a sudden, you know what? They know you. And they're you're real transparent. And I've shared my testimony with them. I've shared all my failings with them. And they're like, wow, wow, wow. But you know what? That's what happens when you look at them. Right? That's what happens. What do you have? Um Kids, teenagers ask you about, you know, I don't know if I believe in the Jesus story, he's just maybe a mere man, and you know, do you have those? Oh, sure. Oh, sure. And, and what do you say to that? Well, I was, I know what I know. No, I'll, I'll just say, well, I'll say, well, you know what? You, God gave you, God gave you self will. Right? He gave you self will. So you can think anything you want to, but the truth is, that Jesus Christ is this, this. And then I just let him go. Because, you know, and, and he's a gentleman, he'll wait for you. Okay. Oh, But you have to remember, most of these kids know me anyway from five years on the fish. So they know where we stand. Okay, they know who I am in Christ. Okay, and so there isn't a lot of explaining uh, with that. But I'll just say, you know, and then and then the other one, this one guy, he goes, well, you know, and I said, well, look, if, if you're right and I'm wrong, I didn't lose anything. I had the best life ever. But if I'm right and you're wrong, you have big problems. You willing to take that choice? You willing to take that chance? If I'm right and you're wrong, the word of God is right. Not that I'm right. The word of God is right. If I stand that and you're wrong, you've lost everything. You've lost everything. Not only here on earth, but for each other. Willing to take that chance? Ooh. <laughs> And then I'll say, hey, wretched brownie, whatever, you know, then you just, you know, the Holy Spirit, you let the Holy Spirit work. The Holy Spirit's going to work. Right? He'll go after him. Right? Jesus said, how to have it? He'll go after him. He'll go after him. And they come back. They'll find you a basketball game. They'll find you. You know what he said about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And sometimes I'll just walk away. Well, I'm more interested. Yeah, yeah, well, not a boy. Okay, well, are you willing to read it? I'll give you a Bible. Yeah, okay, bye here. See, that's the Holy Spirit work. That's not me. It's just me listening. That's us listening, us listening, to pray for those opportunities. Always pray for those opportunities as, as we're looking up. That's very, very sweet because, you know, we got off on this tangent because I'm telling you, wonderful technology. Don't ever think that that's evil. It's what we do with it that can be evil, okay? It's just like money. Money is good, okay? We need money, okay? It's what we do with the money. It's if we make it our master, okay? that it's wrong, because you can't serve God and man, the Lord says. Okay, it's the same thing with this technology stuff. If you don't master it, it will master you. And then you're going down. Then you're going down. So, thanks for bringing that up. That was excellent. Alright, so let's get back to distress. Okay, uh, uh, let's get back to distress. Right. Let's get back to distress. Alright, All right, because I'm going to finish on this distress. Okay, so I want to ask you with this. I know that I know that when, how, you know, how many of you, how don't raise your hands, but how many of you have faced a hopeless situation and that you have prayed, okay, and you felt a little less hopeless? Right? That's what he does. Okay, that's who he is. He can't be anything else but, okay? Or if you face something that caused you great fear, caused you great fear, and you prayed, right? And then you felt a little less fear. 
or if you, you know, faced a dilemma where you didn't know what to do. And you kept praying, and you're asking the Lord, just show me the next step, the next step, the next step. And he does. And you just step the next step. Because, you know, he gives you enough light just for the next step. We want enough light from here till I see him face to face. Show it to me, all the light, I got it. He goes, no, no, Margo, it's just the next step. You just give light for the next step. The next step. How many of you, like, um, when, when you've been in trials and, and, and tribulations, you know, and you have, you have turned to him, you could see his almighty hand do the impossible. Do the impossible. Time and time and time again. Because what happens is, is we start seeing our trials and tribulations through his eyes as we're praying. Not our eyes. And then guess what? They become just like what Lisa was saying. But Lord, I know about the knee. Thank you for my knee. I don't know what happened. I'm giving you praise. I'm giving you praise. It's a monster knee right now. And I go, oh, I can't walk on it. But you know what? I know that I know. That's for my good and your glory. I don't know how. I don't see it right now. I don't see it right now. But I praise you that I'm in this right now. So I'm, I'm giving that over to you. And he goes, oh, Lisa, that's great. I'm so proud of you. That's so excellent. That's how I wanted to respond. That's it. Don't you see how peculiar that is? That's being me. That's great. People go, huh? That's great. And you're able to share more about me and be me. That's great, Lisa. Oh, you're getting it. You're getting it. Isn't that great? Oh, Lisa, I love you. See, that's why he does. Don't you just you're walking through this because you're dependent on him. As you're walking through trouble. And then he says, and I'm going to cover this because it's very easy to cover it when we're happy. <laughs> we pray when we're happy. He says, pray with your distress and pray when you're happy, okay? And so in verse 13 he says, is anyone happy? What should he do? Let him sing what? Songs of praise, okay? Because you see, prayer and praise are very closely related. What Lisa did in praising him in her prayer, that's the same. Very closely related. Actually, a prayer of, of uh, excuse me, a song of praise is actually a form of prayer. A song of praise is actually a form of prayer, okay? And I don't want you to get the, the, miss the point of what James is saying here, okay? Um, because too many times we pray, like we started this uh, session out with, when we're just in distress, when we're in trouble, when, when we're fearful, okay? When things are bad. Too many times we're praying with that, okay? And then when life gets better, we forget all about God, right? Life gets better. Oh, you know what? That's past. I mean, just, just look back on your life. Just take a second, look back, and how he's come through, and he's come through, and he's so faithful, and his mercies are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness over and over and over and over. He's come through, he's come through, he's come through, when you didn't possibly think, right? And then things are hunky-dory, and it's like, I got this one, God. Okay, everything's great, excellent. Okay, let's go. Okay, thanks for all the help. Yeah, I got it now. Yeah. Right? Until the next time. Right, okay, um, Bill Hybels, you know who Bill Hybels is, right? He's uh, one of the founding pastors of um, Willow Creek, okay? He, he says in this book, I forget what book I was reading of his, I think it was what, the water one. Stepping out of the water, getting up, 
get out of the boat. If you want to see something, you have to get out of the boat. They have to get out of the boat. That's it, Linda. Okay, all right. And he points out that people tend to stop praying when the seas of life are calm. Okay? It's human nature. Okay? But when the storms are raging around at you and the waves are breaking over the deck of life, he says, everyone on board is praying like crazy. When terrorists attack, people are praying like crazy. With the horrific situation happened in Tucson, people are praying like crazy. Okay? When the phone call comes right in the middle of the night, right, you're praying like crazy. Okay? When the boss warns you that the, your job might be up for grabs, you're praying like crazy. Right? When, when your doctor says, you know what, this isn't looking so good, you're praying like crazy. When your husband says, you know, you know what, somebody else is starting to look better than you. You're praying like crazy. You know? Or like me, when I lost two babies at six months along and three months along in pregnancy, praying like crazy. Praying like crazy. Praying, believing. Okay? Remember, I remember praying, believing, and singing a praise song. It's a very old praise song. It says, uh, God will make a way when there seems to be no way. Uh, he works in ways we cannot see. He will make a way for me. Over and over In crisis times, we pray fervently, we pray continually, we pray, we, we pray hopefully, and we pray desperately because we desperately need a change. We desperately need something else to happen. But when the storm passes, the seas of life you know, are gone, and God has proved himself faithful one more time, one more time, one more time, one more time, okay? A big part of our motivation for fervent prayer. Fervent prayer. Goes away. Yeah. And my question when I was studying this was, how does that affect God? How must that affect Him? You know, He has feelings. How must that affect Him? When I'm just praying, when everything looks the bleakest. But when I'm happy, it's How do you think that affects him? I am sure it affects his heart. I'm absolutely sure it does. Because you know, he is not beyond the kind of maybe parent experiences that we have. I don't have any child yet in college. Becca's a junior. But I'm telling you that if Becca only contacted me when she needed money, or when she needed help with something, or when she came home only because the laundry needed to be done, or whatever it is, my heart would break. She's away, she's in college, and the only time she has to contact me is when she needs me, when she needs help, when she's in some desperate need, okay? Or, you know, she calls me because she's run out of money. See, that affects my heart. It's the same way it affects God's heart as our Father. You know, or the kids at home, maybe the only time that they're talking to you is because they're interested in how you're going to help them with their homework. Other than that, you're not around. Every time I pick the kids up after school, I'm always like, never ask your kids, by the way, how was school? Good. <laughs> Fine. Good. No, no, you always do, you know, well, what was the shining star thing that happened to you today? Like, just a shining star that happened. 
just like something, you know, that just popped out. Well, and I always tell the kids in my watch for it, God will speak to you somehow today. You, you listen for him. You listen for him. Tell your kids, you listen for him. Something, you know, he's going to share something with you. And then now they're like, well, guess, Mom, the shining star thing happened, and this was so great. And then they'll just go, you know. Or what was the absolute worst thing that happened today? I mean, what was something that, you know, either you did or was done to you? I mean, really, that, you know, you wish, you know, it'd rather not happen. Oh, man, Mom. I want to be there and mourn with them and rejoice with them. So does God the Father with you and I. He doesn't just want us to pray when we're in distress. He wants us to pray when we're happy. Sing songs of praise to him. Thank him for his faithfulness, okay? Because guess what? He always comes through. You know, when, when you know, I, I know that I know that God feels used by his sons and daughters. He feels used by us when we do that. I mean, think about in the Old Testament again, when, when God, when you could trace God's kindness to, once again, the Israelites, okay, to his people. You could trace his kindness, okay? And he says, in essence, to them, look, every time you got in a jam, I got you out of it, okay? Every time you got in a jam, Israelites, Hebrew guys, I got you out of it, okay? Every single time, okay? Now, um, you pray for divine intervention, I was there, right? I led you not only by night, you know, by a pillar of fire, but I led you, you know, through the desert with, you know, the smoke during the day. I mean, I was always there. And you prayed for divine intervention, and I was ready on the spot. And you needed protection, you needed guidance. I was there, okay? And, you know, those 11-hour rescues, I was always, always there. I always <coughs> came through for you. And then, after the storm passed, it says, you remember me no more. How are you with that? After the storm passes, you remember it. You don't talk to me, Margo, when the storm passes. You know, my mom, most of you know my, my story of coming to Christ and come to know Jesus personally and passionately, powerfully and preeminently over my life since I was 31 years old. And my mom had always asked the Lord to keep her two inches next to the cross, just right there, right there. Let me right there. I want to overhear you and right there. I want to always, you know, become more and more like you. She said if she would keep there, it would make her very sensitive to the fact that always answered. He will continue to answer. I can't see him answering right now, but I will trust in him. I know who he is. And I will continue to stay right there. I'm not going to remember him no more. I will continue to stay right there. It's a choice. It's a choice. And James is saying to us when we need to pray when, when we're happy, don't make that same mistake that the Israelites <laughs> made. Don't make that same mistake to remember him no more. You know, when you're happy, praise the Lord that you're happy, that he's brought you through once again, okay? He's saying you truly honor God through your prayers no matter what you're going through, whether it's distress or whether it's the happy times. Prayers of praise as much as, as prayers of help. And to continue to do that. And in, in, uh, in David wrote in Psalm 34 in closing, he said, 
I will extol the Lord at all times. I will praise him. I will lift him up to the highest of high, which he deserves at all times. At all times. His praise will always be on my lips. His praise will always be on my lips. See, we are to praise him in the happy times, which is prayer and thankfulness, as well as going through the streets. It's not, oh, thanks, Lord, you come through me once again. And, you know, until I need you, see ya. See ya. Because he wants to be your everything. He wants to be my everything. He wants to be that, that when you're at the pinnacle of a mountaintop, he wants to hear the praises come from your lips. Or if you're in the valley where the fruit is made, he still wants hear those praises. And thank you for everything. Even to the anxious moments, the perfect ones. Because it's not what he does, it's who he is. And he will always So James says, okay, those are the first two. And then we have three more that we're going to go through uh, next week. Okay? Because when we read in the Word of God, if we don't stop and like extrapolate what he's talking about, <coughs> Then it, you know, when we come back to this next time, you'll go, oh, that's right. This is what the Lord spoke to me here. Instead of just going to read, you know, when you stop and you say, oh, this is what it is in distrust. This is what it is in happy. This is what it is. You guys, it will make the Word of God just come alive for you. Amazing. Lord God, it was amazing to us and overwhelming to us that you, who are the God of the universe, the God of the galaxies, you who made us each one so integrally. Um, you don't need us, Lord, but you want us and you love us. And the word says that your ear is turned towards us. And you so want a deep relationship with us that is conversational, one that is talking to our Father, our friend, our um, overwhelming God. And Lord, I pray we get the excitement of that that we can see the joy, that we can approach you, the Holy God, and be able to have you listen to us. And Lord, I pray that each of us can just make this a constant in our day, that we can talk to you throughout the day and be praising you at times. And just, Holy Spirit, I ask that you would remind each of us to, to rejoice in you and see you, that when we see a God's events in our lives, Lord, that you will have us turn to you and praise you. And when we are hurting, that you'll have us um, turn to you and talk to you about it. And it'll just become so automatic as we work on this with your power and strength. And we praise you, Father.